Curling is Cool Day, Inconvenience Yourself Day, National Rationalization Day. These are some of the themes supposedly associated with February 23rd, 2022, another day with a little more light than the one before. I suppose it is inconvenient that it's way too warm and there's no local ice rink to go curling. Instead, dig in for another installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement, a podcast and newsletter that seeks every day to emulate the principles of World Understanding and Peace Day. On today's program, Albemarle County Executive Jeffrey Richardson presents a fiscal year budget for fiscal year 23 that's 20% higher than the current year. Amazon will build a 1 million square foot fulfillment center in Fishersville. Governor Glenn Youngkin signs four more bills into law. And Charlottesville's Parking Advisory Panel further discusses civilian enforcement of parking. Let's start today with two Patreon-fueled shoutouts. The first comes from a longtime supporter who wants you to know... Today is a great day to spread good cheer, reach out to an old friend, compliment a stranger, or pause for a moment of gratitude to savor a delight. The second comes from a more recent supporter who wants you to go out and read a local news story written by a local journalist, whether that be The Daily Progress, Charlottesville Tomorrow, Seville Weekly, NBC 29, CBS 19, WINA, The Crozet Gazette, or some other place I haven't mentioned, the community depends on a network of people writing about the community. Go learn about this place today. Governor Glenn Youngkin has announced that the internet distribution company Amazon plans to open a 1 million square foot fulfillment center in Fishersville, creating 500 jobs where workers will specialize in packing and shipping bulky and large-sized items. The Virginia Economic Development Partnership and the Shenandoah Valley Partnership have been working to secure the project. In a statement in the press release, the executive director of the Shenandoah Valley Partnership, Jay Langston, said that it has been a pleasure to work with the Amazon team and Augusta County to secure this major expansion by one of the world's largest corporations. For his part, Youngkin said the economy is a top priority for his administration. In his statement, he said that the new fulfillment center is a testament to the Commonwealth's exceptional infrastructure, competitive business costs, and long-term commitment that he has made to make sure the state is developing talent and training workers to make Virginia the best state for business. Amazon has over 30,000 full-time and part-time employees in the Commonwealth of Virginia already and has recently launched delivery stations in Louisa County and Waynesboro. They opened a robotic fulfillment center at Richmond Raceway in Henrico County and both a delivery center and a cross-dock fulfillment center in Stafford County last year. The announcement is a sign that economic development is bipartisan. Last year, the Shenandoah Valley Partnership worked with the Northam Administration and the Virginia Economic Development Partnership to locate an Italian-cured meats producer to Rockingham County, the expansion of Virginia industrial plastics in Rockingham County, a distribution center for the restaurant chain Cava in the Mill Place Commerce Park in Augusta, a factory in Rockbridge County for Modine Manufacturing Company, a firm that makes cooling systems for data centers, and expansion of a textile-based engineering firm, Rising Technologies. 
Learn more about the Amazon announcement in an article on Virginia Business. This morning, Governor Glenn Youngkin signed four more bills that have passed both houses of the General Assembly. HB 55 will require the State Registrar of Vital Records to provide a weekly update of recently deceased people to the Department of Elections to promptly cancel the registration of a person on the list. HB 195 would allow a locality's registrar to waive requirements for the location of polling places if a suitable building cannot be found within legal parameters. HB 386 adds the Arland D. Williams Jr. Memorial Bridge to a list of those where D.C. and Maryland have jurisdiction to clear disabled vehicles. And HB 971 would grant additional tax relief to Virginia businesses. Here's a section from the press release, and it's going through the quote-o-rama machine. Through this bill, Virginia expanded and made retroactive tax benefits related to Paycheck Protection Program loans and rebuild Virginia grants to ensure COVID-19 aid granted to businesses would not be treated as taxable income. Altogether, this bill will save Virginia individual and business taxpayers $201 million in taxes. More from the General Assembly in future editions of the program. Charlottesville in November 2020 was a different place, with interim city manager John Blair at the helm. At that time, the city's parking advisory panel endorsed a proposal to ask the city council to transition enforcement of on-street parking limits from the police department to a civilian contractor. Since then, Blair has left the city. Chip Boyles was hired and resigned within nine months, shortly after he terminated former police chief Rochelle Brackney. Charlottesville's parking director, Rick Siebert, told the panel earlier this month that neither the policy or parking enforcement appears to be a priority at this time. Uh, I'm aware the police have a lot of challenges right now, but parking tickets seems to have fallen pretty far down the list. Now the interim city manager is Michael C. Jones, and his primary focus is getting together the fiscal year budget for next year in Charlottesville. Here's the city's economic development director, Chris Engel. He has not been briefed on this issue at all. The panel discussed whether they should bring the matter up during the city's budget development process. Siebert said there would be no additional revenue, but panel chair Joan Fenton said switching to a civilian firm could free up resources for a department that is understaffed. And it would free up the CSO or somebody else to do other duties, which they're shorthanded for. So perhaps it does make sense to present it as part of the budgeting. Engel said it was more of a policy issue than a budget one and suggested this was not the right time to approach Jones or council. There was this suggestion from panel member Kirby Hutto. But it might be the type of, of thing that a s- citizen could submit as an idea, though, rather than coming officially through one of you all. The panel then suggested resending its previous letter. Siebert urged them to be realistic until after the city's fiscal year 23 budget is adopted later this spring. We, we only have an acting chief of police, and this kind of policy issue... I think it's just not on anyone's radar right now compared to trying to hash out what the city is going to do about its budget. Siebert suggested trying again in May, and the panel agreed to wait. (music) 
You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and it's time for the third subscriber-supported public service announcement. This one goes out to Camp Albemarle, which has for 60 years been a wholesome, rural, rustic, and restful site for youth activities, church groups, civic events, and occasional private programs. Located on 14 acres on the banks of the Mormons River near Free Union, Camp Albemarle continues as a legacy of being a Civilian Conservation Corps project that sought to promote the importance of rural activities. Camp Albemarle seeks support for a plan to winterize the Hamner Lodge, a structure built in 1941 by the CCC and used by every 4th and 5th grade student in Charlottesville and Albemarle for the study of ecology for over 20 years. If this campaign is successful, Camp Albemarle could operate year-round. Consider your support by visiting campalbemarleva.org slash donate. One more segment today, and it's the introduction of the budget in Albemarle County. A strong projection of revenues in Albemarle has led County Executive Jeffrey Richardson to present the Board of Supervisors with a budget for fiscal year 2023 that is 20% higher than the existing year. This fiscal year recommended budget is built to transform Albemarle. The property tax rate will remain at 85.4 cents per $100 of assessed value. Now, property assessments in Albemarle are up an average of 8.4% in 2022. Sales tax, food and beverage tax, and the transient occupancy taxes are up 17.1% from fiscal year 21. However, Richardson said not all signs are positive. We are mindful that, the, that those indicators don't highlight some of the challenges in the local economy. The prices that consumers are paying have risen. They've risen by 7.5% when comparing January 22 to January 21, over one year. Gas prices are up nearly 40% from where they were a year ago, and participants in the SNAP Supplemental Food Program remain higher than in pre-pandemic 2019. Richardson said he has had direction from supervisors to reduce the amount of the county's budget that is based on the property tax. In fiscal year 2007, 60% of Albemarle's revenue came from that source, but that has increased to 68.5% in the current year's budget. The budget is built on an increase in the food and beverage tax from 2% to 6%, and an increase in the transient lodging tax from 3% to 8%. That would match the same rates in Charlottesville. Thousands of people visit our community for vacations, sporting events, weddings, and to visit our natural and historic resources. We are also a regional hub for commercial activity. Increasing our taxes in these two areas means that we can begin to shift revenues away from the people who live here and spread it out more broadly to those who are visiting our community. The budget also anticipates lowering the personal property tax rate by 86 cents due to a sharp increase in the valuation of used vehicles. We've been given the authority for a local cigarette tax. It went into effect January, a plastic bag tax, which we'll be exploring in the coming months. Richardson highlighted several areas of new spending in the budget. A community response team will be created to respond to individuals in crisis with a cross-functional team consisting of social workers, police, and firefighters. The funding source is the cigarette tax authorized by the General Assembly in recent years. Depending on the details of the call, this team will adapt their resources to best meet the critical needs of the person, ensuring the safety of all parties involved. The program responds to a 
troubling growth in mental health costs for service that have unique needs. The capital budget for fiscal year 23 anticipates spending the highest one-year amount in county history. In fiscal year 2006, the figure was $23 million, and the Albemarle population was around 91,400. Now the population is estimated at over 114,000, and the recommended capital budget for next year represents a need to catch up. For fiscal year 23, for for this coming year, the recommended capital budget is approximately $93 million. And I would like to note that in 2010 and 2011, these years were impacted by the Great Recession. And in 2021, by the pause in the capital program due to the pandemic. A fire engine at Pantop Station 16 will be operated 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Seven days a week to further support the strength of our fire rescue system and to reduce our reliance on Charlottesville Fire for calls east of the city. The capital budget also has funding to increase space to address increasing enrollments in Albemarle Public Schools. The budget recommendations will, over the next five years, advance three new public school projects to address capacity needs within our school system. Two elementary schools, one from the northern feeder pattern, one from the south, and a second high school center. Within the next few years, Biscuit Run Park will be opened with five miles of trails and athletic fields. This is a 1,200-acre natural park within the county's development area, and it will provide a park experience unlike any of our other parks, combining the natural features of our rural parks with athletic amenities that you expect from an urban park. In recent years, Albemarle has been putting money into a line item to match other sources of funding. This budget recommends continued investments in our transportation leveraging program, which provides local funding to draw down state funding for road and bike and pedestrian improvements. Some of the American Rescue Plan Act funding will be used to pay for the cost of some urban Albemarle properties to be connected to the sewer system. There's about 250 that could be eligible. There is a connection cost that can that can uh that can be out of reach for many home, homeowners. The proposed program would provide fiscal support to low-income households in making that shift as the age of these homes and the, and the infrastructure attached to that is reaching a tipping point where the failure of a septic system in the urban area presents a real environmental health hazard. Other aspects of the budget include a 4% market adjustment for staff, The county will pick up funding of the Yancey Community Center once a grant from the Charlottesville Area Community Foundation expires. The county will fund a micro-transit project on Pantops and the Places 29 area, and work to implement the Housing Albemarle Plan will be paid for through a combination of the budget surplus and American Rescue Plan Act funding. The public hearing on Richardson's recommended budget will be heard virtually on March 2nd. Work sessions will be held throughout that month before a public hearing on the tax rate on April 27th. That event will also include the version of the budget that's marked up by supervisors in those work sessions. Approval is set for May 9th. Supervisors had a few comments in advance of the public hearing next week. Several expressed concern that action in this year's General Assembly may affect the budget and take away some of that taxing authority. It will be the first budget for new supervisor Jim Andrews of the Samuel Miller District. A lot of times uh, I've always been advised that uh, when you try to figure out what's 
what's a priority in, in, a, in any organization. It's not to ask what they're doing, but what they're not doing. Supervisor Ann Malik of the Whitehall District has been through over a dozen budget cycles so far, including during the Great Recession, when the capital budget was slashed. That reduction of the $100 million in new projects three and four years in a row is why we have the backlog we have. We are making a valiant effort at catch-up with available one-time money that is a -a once-in-a-lifetime generational thing to have at hand. Supervisor Donna Price represents the Scottsville District and is the board's chair. She praised staff for reducing the personal property tax rate. You know, we talk about using equity and inclusion in our decisions, and your proposal here to reduce the personal property tax provides an across-the-county, truly equitable application of relief to our community members um, substantially more than the real estate property tax may do because we do have so many people who are in tenancies, and almost everyone has to rely upon their their vehicles for transportation because of the nature of our county being so rural in so many areas. More to come on the budget in the very near future. And that is it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. And I was going to take a day off. Can you imagine this time of year is a very interesting and busy time? We've got the General Assembly. We've got the budgets and all of these various communities and everything else is going on at the same time. There's a lot to keep track of. And the whole point of Charlottesville Community Engagement is to do just that or at least try to. But go back to what I said at the very beginning in that shout out at the top of the hour. There is very important that you seek out other sources as well. It's really crucial in a democracy that you get information from as many sources as you can and think about the material. Part of what Charlottesville Community Engagement is for is to make sure that you are getting access directly to the source materials. Um, I believe that's a great way for you to get more involved should you choose so. Uh, of course, if you'd like for, to get more involved with Charlottesville Community Engagement, the best thing you can do is to help pay for it. If you have done so already, thank you so much. I cannot stress how important that is uh, to this continuing. Uh, but of course, if you haven't and you think it might be time to or sometime in the near future, it, whenever you're ready, you can go to infocville.com and click on the support the info button for various ways you can support Town Crier Productions. Of course, the most easiest way is to subscribe through Substack. If you do go the route of paying through Substack, the company Ting will match that amount, which is a fantastic way of getting a little bit of extra uh, into the bank account that I use to pay for the various things I need to get this going. I will be back in the near future with another installment. It could come out tomorrow. It could come out Friday. I haven't decided. The last few have come out a little bit later in the afternoon, and uh, I'd like to maybe get caught up and get one out in the morning, first thing on Friday. Who knows? Uh, This is still all very much a work in progress, and it always will be. Uh, The whole point, though, is to get you the information as often as I can, and that's what I've been doing, and it's what I will continue to do so. I'm Sean Tubbs, the host of this program. In the meantime, stay dry, stay wet, stay you know, stay however you want or change, you know? I mean, I don't want to tell you what to do, but I do want to thank you for listening, and I do want to say goodbye. <laughs>